0: All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am Mike Maroney, one of your hosts of the Emergency Nine podcast. We got McLean, Jay, and Tom here. Boys, how you doing? What's up, brother? What's up? Uh, Hopefully, you guys had a good weekend. We got a lot to talk about. We'll get into the Super Bowl here in a second. But uh, I wanted to thank Lonzo Griffin again for coming on. We received uh, a lot of good comments from his interview. It was fun chatting with him, and hopefully we have him on again in the future. I know we'll be rooting for him uh, moving forward as, as he plays. But to all of our faithful listeners, please remember to like, subscribe, follow, share, tell everyone about us. Get our name out there, please, so we can get more and more listeners, more and more downloads. We've been pretty excited with where we've been at so far with, with our downloads and listeners. And we were ap- actually up there kind of trending fairly high on Apple Podcasts the other day. So no idea what they used to judge those trending topics but uh we were one of them so that was great to see also boys i, w- I just want to get out ahead of some information here you know my my pr department says to get out ahead of things <laughs> this might be my last show i'm going under the knife on thursday boys
1: What? wait what
0: going under the knife so we'll talk about the usga and the equipment rollback but let's just say i'm probably going to be playing with limited flight balls from now on <laughs> 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 oh there's a uh there's a bag of, of peas in my future a frozen oh, bag of peas gotcha. at the end of this week here we go okay nice. you know so I, I just i don't want the paparazzi to find out ahead of time but I don't want <laughs> pictures of me coming out of the the surgery center but you yeah, know a hell of a way to
1: tell your friends but we get
0: it oh you know you know surprise what? is the best uh best element here so uh please keep me in your thoughts and prayers this weekend. Hopefully, I'll be here uh next Monday night to give you guys a full report and an update. Uh you should have done this
2: past all, weekend. All it's kinds of visuals Sunday. included.
1: Son, you know, that
2: what do they don't they say they do that in March Madness so you can sit on the couch all day and watch watch yeah. all the games? Absolutely. Where, you couldn't wait, huh? Or your or your wife couldn't wait. <laughs> it, it was not my decision, Jay. Oh. This i uh, oh.
0: let me just remind you there. <laughs> I mean, okay. So please, she'll Mike probably fast that. forward this part anyway. She won't be listening. So
1: Call him the Energizer Bunny, you know. That's right, you
0: know. So it, it'll be interesting, but uh, you know, Lord willing, I'll be here on Monday night to uh, to host the show again. But you know, as Tom said to us on Facetime tonight, if not, please tell my story. So <laughs>
2: that's right. You'll be good. You'll be good.
0: All You're right. Good, let's buddy. before we get into some golf, we we got to talk about Mr. Tom Brady. Did you guys watch that last night? Oh,
1: your boy.
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, um, we're close. Him and I, I didn't watch, watch
3: it. it. You told didn't me. Watch it? Uh, there was a game on last night.
0: Yeah, the big game. So we don't get in trouble.
1: Uh, it, was pretty, it was pretty good.
0: Was yeah, I thought, I mean, obviously, Tom played well. The offense played well. I was shocked at how well Tampa's defense played. That was unbelievable. Impressive. To hold them without a touchdown and Mahomes was scrambling for his life. I heard Dan Orlovsky on ESPN's have a crazy stat. They tracked how many yards Mahomes was scrambling around in the game. It was like 498 yards. He ran just that, yeah. scrambling.
2: Crazy.
0: <laughs> but it was before he threw a ball. Just scrambling around. That's Look, insane,
1: Mikey. We're we're very fortunate because most golf podcasts out there, and I, you know, I can't speak for them, but I would venture to say that most golf podcasts don't have a stud quarterback as part of their, you know, <laughs> as part of their team like we do. Yeah. And,
2: absolutely. Um, what so, do you mean by uh, what do you mean by stud?
1: So, McLean, well, um, on, on, <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean, we do. Jay Woodson, y'all, you know, we all know him as, you know, super golf man, but um, Jay was a, a freak athlete and a hell of a quarterback. So, uh, we're very fortunate to have him be able to speak to this. But, um, you know, 400 and some odd yards scrambling, like, th- is, that's unheard of, right?
2: Yeah, that's yeah. that's
3: nuts. Um that was the most uh for any game this season.
1: He never looked comfortable, he never got set. Um well, the best throw of the night was when he was laying out. Y'all remember that? Yeah, that
2: was, that was that, crazy. That, that was insane. Was a couple, that's, couple snapshots of that of that throw.
3: I Bowen kept Dak waiting has, for them yeah. to
0: make a comeback. You know, Mahomes has made a in his early career here, he's made a a habit of large comebacks. I was like, Okay, it's it's yeah. gonna come here. It's gonna happen now. All right, maybe yeah. now. And it just never did. And um, you know, give it to Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator from the Buccaneers. It was a hell of a game plan and genius.
2: Well, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't hurt to have, you know, in Todd in Todd Bowles' um, def, in, in defense there. Obviously, did a great job, but in um, the Bucks too. But for the Chiefs, you know, not having two starting tackles, if I'm not mistaken, and your starting center, and it, and in the in the NFL. Your your tackles are that's those are your those are your guys in in terms of uh, you know any any strong passing offense these are your Kansas City
1: those, you mean Kansas City
2: Kansas City yeah, yeah. I'm sorry the Chiefs yeah they um yeah th- th- this is who Mahomes relies on to like to to secure him form this pocket you know these tackles are the guys and the center obviously is, is the same so
1: where the, are those are so us non uh, football guys which mm-hmm. like where so you got the center he's the guy that snaps. Yeah. It's, Other than that, I got nothing. So
0: then you yeah, got the no, guards. No, you got the guards next to the center, and then the tackles are on the outside. Exactly.
2: So you're most of the time, if you're releasing, like Travis Kelsey is always running routes. I mean, he does blocking, does do a good job. But most of the time, it's your your center, your guards, and your two tackles, and that's that's how they form the protection for you. And then you have your 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 running back who will come in and help it unless he's releasing. But those are your five guys that protect you. Uh, when you throw and he's had some great tackles throughout the year, last two or three years. And these guys both were out. Um, it's just hard to, it's hard to really set up a good game plan when you've got two new guys coming in. Um, and he was, you know, you could see it. He was on the run. Like you said, 400 plus yards scrambling. Um, you know, that's, that's it's hard to get in a good rhythm as good as he is. And again, we talked about this last week. I'm not going to brag. I'm not going to boast, but I am, I did call it and I did say that he was going to have issue. I and mean, now he was forced out of the pocket, forced to run with, with the lingering turf toe issue. And he did move around. Okay. I'm sure he was, you know, needled up pretty good to, to, to be able to do what he did, but you can even tell that he wasn't moving as well as he normally would. But I try to give the guy some credit. He's a Matt Patrick Mahomes, but I mean, it was just a tall, tall task there. I mean, and the, the, the bucks to, you know, edge rushers are, it, they're awesome. I mean, Pierre Paul, he's got uh eight fingers, and he still is able to do what he I does. Remember? What's this? He blew perfect. him off.
1: Did he blow him off with yeah. like a fireworks
2: Fireworks. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's the stuff that happens to us, not him. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> and, and to all our listeners, I want to say, Jane knows what he's talking about. Not only was he a high school quarterback, but his dad's also a high school football Hall of Fame coach. So.
2: Well and it doesn't hurt to, to have him, you know, you know filling us in on 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 stuff too. Yeah, he's a he's a genius in his own right, but um yeah, I know we watched the game last night and we were kind of talking. It's fun to, you know, talk football with him because he's he, he's a whiz with it, but um you know, it's hard to bet against the Chiefs. I mean, they were just so dominant. But again, those are the the offensive line is such a key component. Um, you know, you have so many skilled players, which they do, like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Mahomes. I mean, these guys are all stars. Um, but if you don't have a good offensive line, and it's, you know people are hurt, it's it's so difficult. And you go against. A team like the Bucks and and Todd Bowles, who's been in the league for a number of years and is and is super successful as, as a defensive coordinator, you you know it's tough. And then not to mention you got Tom Brady on the other end of the ball. My man, good luck.
1: He did a great job. And, and, and the fact that like so Tyree Hill, I mean there's there's been games this year that we've all watched. You going like who is this guy? he's, like, he's the joystick as they call him. my my boys. You know play their gadgets and they go. They call him the human joystick.
2: And, uh, <laughs>
1: which is true because we've seen games this year where you're like, this guy, you know, he, he's playing in a different, uh, at a different level. But last night, um, it was all negated. It was, it was really yeah. interesting to see. Uh, um, but even happy for Tom Brady.
2: Yeah. But on your, on the that point though, I know we want to jump on the golf, but Mahomes was the leading rusher for the Chiefs with 33 yards, five attempts. That was Whoa. that's the stat line from the line of scrimmage. He only gained 33. 33- or it's on five attempts
1: that's a game but you can't win a Super it super- like that right no exactly. and then yeah. yeah,
2: there are two running backs totaled 33 yards combined so, um well,
1: how so- about mikey though i want to ask mikey because this is pretty interesting because so our boy mike maroney you know yeah. has all he does is just watch his teams win championships
0: win- winners
1: winners yes you know winners breed winners but so how does this feel i mean seriously like
0: it's a little bittersweet you know i was obviously rooting for him i love the guy um but he wasn't in a patriot's uniform (laughs) you know so i was rooting for him the whole time and then when he started celebrating and i was like wait a minute he's supposed to be ours he's our guy it's not their guy he's our guy so and i and i we can go i could talk about this for hours but you know, I knew it was going to end in New England. I always knew it was going to end poorly, especially with Belichick. But I guess I wasn't ready to see him do that. So I was happy for him. I was rooting for him. It's a very, very complicated relationship, you know? Um,
1: <laughs> That's what he told me when I talked this morning. Asked yeah, what I yeah. knew. He's like, I haven't. Mike hasn't called me, is what he told yeah. me. <laughs> he to call
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll talk and we'll patch things over, and I'm happy for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, the guy said all kinds of records that no one's ever going to touch, so.
2: I love well, how he commented at the very end when the uh, what was it Jim Nance asking about uh, <laughs> you know coming back and he was like oh yeah we'll be back like didn't even didn't yeah. even blink an eye like of course I'm coming back. Uh, I'm he's all- also got the Patriots in Foxborough next year on the schedule, so he's That's, coming back for that. He's going <laughs> to be there for that, and he'll. Geez, I mean, why wouldn't they have a chance to win again? I mean,
1: well, they got a back, back absolutely.
3: It's
1: uh, incredible to watch.
3: Well, I think the more time that they play together, the better they got. I mean, I think it, it was a new system for everyone, every player. There was a lot of, uh, I think, gelling that went on that second half of the season. And I think if they come back again next year with the exact same cast, which I think is very likely, I think we'd all agree with that. Um, they're obviously going to be a contender.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I heard today that they've only got 30 guys under contract out of what do they have on a team, guys, 50, 53, 53 they only have only have 30 guys signed for next year so they got a lot of work to yeah,
0: do yeah they got some work to do but i think they'll still be good they'll they'll figure it out
1: oh
3: yeah yeah, yeah. Well, anyone with a uh, tom brady system will as a player you got to feel like after especially after seeing what we just saw it's got to be one of the most desirable places to land right this second for next year Guys are gonna to want to go play with this, and at the same time, guys that have never played with Brady somehow get the opportunity to go play with him for what many will speculate could be his last year and win that final Super Bowl with him. That's a lot of history. I know I'd want to be a part of if I was. In yeah, people position.
2: will take a discount to uh, to go play there. Absolutely. Yeah. He makes he makes everyone better. Like, I, I mean, that's the ultimate compliment. So, you know, he's won seven Super Bowls, t- ten appearances, but. You know, he makes – every. It's everyone gets energized when he's there. It's like, oh, my God, I'm playing with Tom Brady. We got a shot. And then they do a little bit more. They do a little bit extra. And he's a, obviously a great leader, which everyone has said. So, it's like, why would you not want to be a part of that? Like, you can take a mediocre skill player, mediocre receiver, um, and now all of a sudden you're playing with Tom Brady. I mean, look at Leonard Fournette. Everyone – I mean, he was a – you know, he's a decent running back. Played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was stud last night. Yeah, and he came to Tampa Bay, and now he – like, everyone's looking – like this guy's a stud, you know, and uh, out of nowhere. I mean, they picked him up, <laughs> Jacksonville released him earlier this year, and now yeah, he's we've all been that, we've all been that. Was the, Tom Brady was going to be the MVP, um, you know, just because. But I mean, Leonard mm-hmm. Fournette, I mean, he rushed for just shy of 100 yards, I think. You know, yeah,
1: he did, he did.
2: He, uh, I mean, like he, that
1: heard, transitions as a, 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 a good transition into golf yeah. on yeah. that yeah. because,
2: like, 89 you, yards rushing, 46 yards receiving, you had, you know, 100 just shy of 140 yards you know from scrimmage i mean anybody he looked like he was,
1: that's incredible he looked 25 years old last night.
2: yeah i don't so, know he, he might be like 27 i'm not i mean sure, but. if they if, if they had an opening for a water boy for the for the bucks and they need i would want to be a part of it i would do it in a second wow well
0: hopefully this podcast takes off jay you don't have to do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll be sitting in a suite. How about that? Just
2: want, but like, I just want uh, one of those rings. I just want ri- one for the, I mean, how many is it going to be? It's like, for him, it's like, I mean, you get all the way to the other finger, and now you're moving like into to the second thumb? I mean, well,
3: I saw a stat today that Tom Brady has more Super Bowl wins than any other franchise, and every franchise out there, franchise. all 32 teams. That is mind-blowing.
1: But like, look, so a good transition into golf, as, you know, I know what Mike wants to do, because I can see it in his eyes right now, but like, <laughs> What we're talking about is being around Tom Brady. Like we've all been on the range or been in, in an event or something to where like you're around people that just elevate you. Yeah, you just feel different. You don't know why, but you just kind of in, in in a golf sense, right? Like you just hit it better. You hit it a little longer. You you maybe make a few more putts. And and I know I've been in that situation. You know when I was trying to win a you know little Williamsburg Junior City championship when I was 7. Um uh, <laughs> but uh no but seriously but it's like, real. But it Those is a real feeling. something there. It's like it's 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 elevated. And um so Mike <laughs> take that transition. Go.
0: That was great. That was just professional right there. I love that. All right. So talking about football, let's talk about a guy that looks like a football player. Um Brooks Kepka wins a non-major. How about that? Uh at the Phoenix Open, Waste Management Phoenix Open this weekend, came from behind was 11 under his last 24 holes to get it done, including a uh, chip in, huge chip in eagle on 17, the drivable hole that he was just off the green. I said this to you guys last night uh, via text right after it ended. I really want to like the guy, but I just can't. I, I want to root for him, but I, I just can't do it. Um, He's the kind of player that I should like. You know, uh, I just I don't know. This is a very unlikable guy to me.
1: Yeah. Could not agree more, Mike. Um, he, he checks all the boxes. He's a tough, you know, strong guy. Like, yeah, he, he checks a lot of those boxes, but he he's not likable. Um, I, I could not agree more. I find myself actually going the other way with him. Like, I don't like him. Um, I don't know why. I, I mean I could tell you why, but there's no like r- you know, real a uh, 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 definitive reason why, but I don't know. He, um, the way he goes about things, what he says, he's not very, I I think that's part of golf too. And you guys can speak to this, but I think, you know, part of, you know, the, the mystique of the game of golf is we love the guy that wins. And he then, you know, kisses the ring of those who come before him, you know, that kind of shit. Right. And it's true. It's very true. Like, and we love those guys. The Justin Thomas is that way. Webb Simpson's that way. They, they kind of, they bow before the th- the throne of golf, right? And that's that's very excessive. But you know what I'm saying. But then you get those guys that don't, and we kind of, as a golf community, have a little hard time with that. And, and mm-hmm. Brooks is the perfect example. Tony Finau's the flip side, right? Tony's so um, we'll get to him. He's respected. He's respectable, right? It, you know, he like he says the right thing. But then you get a guy like Brooks, who's like, yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, I just won this tournament. Doesn't mean anything. Like he'll say stuff like that. You're like, man, you you know, that's disrespectful for those who came before you, but
2: anyway, so no, I mean, I think that's, I think that's a good point, Tom. I think that I'm just scared to to say anything
1: really mean to him because he's so big, Yeah, (laughs) but he's also put on like a couple, like what he's, he's kind of his belly's a little big. So he, he could kick my ass, but I could outrun him. He couldn't (laughs) catch me for nothing.
2: You know, no, I think that's a good point. And um, you know, I'll kind of, I'm a teeter on the line here, but you're, you're right. he, I think it's kind of refreshing that he doesn't succumb to the, the, like, oh, I can't say this because this is the golf world and we can't say those things. He's just like, he just says what he thinks. He says what he feels. Um, He's just like, hey, man, I'm good at golf. I don't, you know, I don't really care that much about playing the regular events. I like to win majors. That's all I care about. And, you know, that's what, it's funny. That's what everybody wants. But then when they finally say it, then everyone gets upset. It's kind of like... There's her Everyone, you know, they, everyone wants the players to tell you how they feel and how they think. And when they do, and if you don't like it, then they criticize you for it. Um, it's the same thing with like NFL football players. So these guys are. They want everybody to to smash everybody's heads in, you know, but then all of a sudden, you know, if that spills over and it's a personal foul, everyone looks at them like, oh, wow. You're like, oh, you were were way over the top there. It was too much. And it's like, well, you you can't get it both ways. Like if you want these guys to tell you how they're feeling, if you want them to be, you know, uh, you know, authentic and they want them to be honest, then let them be honest and don't criticize them when they say something that you don't agree with. So. I, I do agree with you. I wish it w- he had a, a little bit more couth about him and he was just a little bit more respectful to the people who have, you know, worked their ass off to get to get to the, that point. But at the same time, he's awesome. He's great. He's a good player. He, he's got balls of steel and he just goes out and takes care of business. And it's like, you know, it's hard to complain with the guy, you know,
1: he, so you're right about that. And, and I should, if, of all people, I should know. Cause like I lived with, you know, there's a, person that i call you know dad that's (laughs) he wasn't doing it for anybody and 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 look brooks is the same way like he's not doing it for anybody else Mm -hmm. he's doing it for him and like i said my old man was the same way and and yeah you have to respect that it's just in today's world of of culture where you get so many people that aren't very good at something but are trying to latch on to make you know so
3: yeah yeah all right yeah from his uh his interview perspective uh, he's kind of the greg popovich of golf
2: yeah <laughs> that's a good point yeah you know he just is and, like point blank Yeah, like this is it
3: yeah he you know he does that kind of annoyed in some of those um press conferences and i think that's where a lot of that may stem from um in terms of dislike i'm i'm kind of on the fence about the guy i mean that's a uh, good he's point got, Patrick Reed tendencies, but he never has cheated or um, been called out for something that we uh, we deem totally egregious. Yeah, uh, I think he's someone that we respect as a player. We he's someone who we certainly want our on our team when it comes to Presidents Cup Ryder Cup time. Um, what is his Presidents Cup Ryder Cup record?
1: Sorry, uh, I'm just saying. Like he's he's a stud though. He's a I mean he's yeah just, he's a badass.
3: Well, but I also think that his mentality and that attitude that can be um, viewed in different lights in terms of both positive and or negative and or annoying. I think it's something that he's somewhat intimidating to some guys, especially uh, you know if you put him up against some of the younger players, you don't want to necessarily go against Brooke Kepco. You you feel like he's got ice in his veins.
1: Yeah, he's beat those guys before they've hit a shot. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So exactly. The thing that just bothers me is it's I guess that's more of his his attitude, right? So yesterday he's sitting there, you know, Xander Shoffley has got a hole out from the fairway to get into a playoff. And, you know, once the ball doesn't go in, they pan to Kepka and he's just sitting there on his phone. Doesn't smile. Like, Hey, they just told him like, Hey, you just won the tournament. Doesn't smile. Doesn't, I don't know. Like, it's just like show, show something. You just want to a lot of money in a PJ tour event that a lot of guys would die to win. Like, can yeah. you just, act like you care to be here just a little bit yeah. I, I don't mind that he talks his you know speaks his mind and says what he wants to that's that's great we need guys like that but can you just pretend to care sometimes Yeah.
3: yeah isn't <laughs> like, is that the isn't that the tiger mentality isn't that what tiger taught everyone you, know, you are just laser focused and well I, mean, I guess you could say he was on his phone but i don't know you're not supposed to get too caught up in the ups and downs of the game i mean i guess you could look at it a couple different ways I, i'm probably playing really devil's advocate from that yeah. standpoint
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's personality driven, you know, that type of behavior. It's just kind of like, Hey, that's who I am. If you don't like it. And then I think these guys, once they have some success doing things a certain way, they just, they kind of, they just roll with it. They're like, okay, I'm the kind of guy who is, you know, I just do my thing and I don't care what anybody thinks about me. And that's, that's where I've, I've gained some. So they just roll with it. They're like, Hey, you know what? you know, people don't like me. I don't care. Screw you guys. I'm going to do what I do and I'm going to stick with it because that's what gives me confidence. And it's all about confidence out there. Like if you have to play that persona to be confident in yourself, then you roll with it. And if you have to be the humble guy that, that never says anything, you know, egregious to anyone, then you roll with it. You know, it's, it's, it's so delicate, that balance between keeping that confidence up. And it seems like, uh, Brooks. He's like, this is me. This is who I am. We talked about that with Patrick Reed. You know, he plays the villain role and that's what energizes him. And he just said, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm rolling with it. I'm the villain. And and if you guys want to talk, you know, talk shit, then I'm going <laughs> to, that's when I win. So the more the merrier. I mean, he's over there. You can see him during the president's cup doing the stuff with his ear, you know, to the crowd, you know, and that just gets him, gets him jazzed up. And I think Kepka's kind of that way. He's like, you know, this is who I am and, you know, this is how I play. And if you guys don't like it, then. You know, screw you guys.
1: So so we've been talking, you know, what? there's been a lot of talk around, um, I say we, but, the, you know, the golf community has been talking a lot about Bryson and his body and, you know, his transformation. But, like, Brooks has been in that talk years ago. But now, like, so I saw him yesterday, and he, like, I don't know what to think of him right now. He looks like that bodybuilder that's eating three, <laughs> three double cheeseburgers from Wendy's a day. So he's like, remember, he got, like, super fit. Then he got, like, super lean. Then he got fit and lean. And now he's, like, kind of fit and fit. And, look, and I got, I mean, yeah. Let's
0: know. see your waistline, pal.
1: I was getting ready to say, like, nobody's – I'm not knocking anybody. This So, look, they're all better and smarter and stronger. Well, not smarter, but they're all stronger <laughs> and better than me. But – um I, it, it's just, I don't know. It's fascinating. I saw him sitting there like on his phone after, you know, Jay, what you were just alluding to when he's waiting to see if there's going to be a playoff yeah. or not. And I'm like, you know, like he's got, anyway, I just, it's it's fascinating to me because oh,
0: he's had some knee issues. So I wonder if he's not in the gym as much as he used to or yeah. was
2: or. Um, wow.
1: So you guys are not going to go with this. You're just going to lay out. Oh, well, dude. you know, I mean, <laughs>
2: I, you know, you know, I'm not exactly. Gotta, leave me out to dry. I mean, fine, dude. If you want to make fun of Brooks Kepka, then sure i'll just i'll outrun him i can still we'll, run him we'll tweet him and let him know that um you, you're talking shit and that um he he's him. come he after would. you would i uh me. i don't exactly
0: i'm not chiseled like dk metcalf so i'm not going to uh complain about you know oh, some of those. How about
1: that guy yeah
0: so you know i, I just don't unreal. think it's my place to critique his yeah there you go <laughs> for those uh listeners at home he's taking your shirt off currently tom please put that back on
2: uh that wasn't me oh um, i mean but kepka i mean like again it you regardless of all the antics and the acting like you don't care and yada 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 i mean I, the the guy cares he wouldn't show up and wouldn't practice wouldn't work hard if he didn't care i think a little bit of it is is the, you know there's some antics there you know trying to you know play with the media and 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 what have you but the guy's a, the guy's a stud when he decides that he wants to turn it on for a tournament he does i mean the chip in on on um was it 16 17, six, 17 17 17 yeah the chip in on 17 i mean it was awesome it was perfectly played landed in the fringe bounced up and rolled in i mean you don't plan to to make that shot but he couldn't have hit it any better obviously i mean he, he i mean he hit the shot perfectly um the guy he's a stud when it comes down to it when he wants to turn it on he does i just wish the only the only qualm that i have um you know like if just do it every week like tiger he tried to win every week. I don't the only thing I don't like is that he says, "Oh, it's not a major. I don't care." I'm like, "You know what? Tigers won 15 majors and he's also won 80 was it 2, 3, 82 Torvents? 82, 82 told, I mean, the guy wants to win every single week, you know. Like yeah. if he put his effort into that and tried to win every week, he probably would be a top, you know, a top 5 guy at forever, you know, cuz he's he's got the skill set for it. So that's what I wish. I just would like to see him do it. Selfishly, I'd like to see him, you know, put that effort in and, and have that mentality. Because can
1: you imagine though, yeah. like, like what could he do? Like that—that's a great yeah. point. Like if you really yeah. did, if he put that, you know, now the Tiger mentality. We can't say that because
2: I mean, no one has that.
1: All, all, there's one person that has that, but like you know, Brooks is a—he's a freak, man. The guy's so good. Like he—you don't win the tournaments he's won. Yeah. on a fluke so if you truly put you know that time and effort in it, it, it could be interesting but, so a guy, but you also understand you know, in today's world with the money involved like you don't have to yeah
3: right true McLean what are you eating right now <laughs> the wife just <laughs> walked in and uh, brought me a little snack here I got some uh, sausage and sauerkraut and potato salad oh, wow that was, that was, oh, was, I'm was, jealous was, yeah, yeah. sorry boys <laughs> Uh couldn't help but she texts me and there's something you just can't say no to. <laughs> <laughs> so um, like, real quick is though, there,
2: though. Is there I, any way that she can deliver that to my house?
3: Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta call BS on the whole, I'm just here for majors thing. I think he was able to say that after winning majors. Yeah. I, I don't think you can just say that you, know, you weren't trying in the other events. I think that was an opportunistic way to look at things. Yeah, I agree. Um I, I mean, you don't We've seen too many great players. We've seen so much golf over the history of time to be able to look back at the numbers and just all of a sudden say, "This guy just all of a sudden gets ready and just plays well during the majors." I think he plays well at those courses. I think he's a great player. I think he's obviously great at winning majors. But I think it's, I think he looked into that um, theory or looked into having the ability to try and um, try and live that or live that persona or, or you get what i'm trying to do it go was a, it, either, a convenient,
0: it was a convenient right. argument for why he didn't play well in pj Tour events yeah thank well, you because right.
1: like you had to go shoot you know a lot of these events you got to go shoot 25 under par right yeah. and that's 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 a big that's i mean that ain't easy to do. typically typically play. that's
2: not, not been something that he is has, has been no, that's what i'm great at like, um, you although see, he's won He's won uh waste management twice, right? And four majors and he's what got eight eight total PGA Tour wins. So, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, he's Andy North, right? Are we want <laughs> were talking about this Andy North won three times on tour and two or US Opens or something like that, right? What? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs>
0: yeah. So a guy who does care and definitely tells you he cares. Jordan Spieth, probably the maybe the bigger story or headline really out of the weekend. Um <laughs> I love the guy. I can see Tom booing from his hotel room. But, uh, you know, 61 on Saturday, 10 birdies, making putts from everywhere. It was fun to watch. For me, as a guy, he's not hes not Tony Finau. We'll get to him. He's not Brooks Kepka. He he hits it kind of short and crooked. And now he's trying to get a little more length. Relatable. That might, be, might be part of his...
1: We feel like you can relate to him a little bit more than some of these other guys.
0: Yeah. And he's, he's fidgety. You always see him. Yes. He's, he's got a lot of nervous energy and it's outward and he's moving around and he's talking a lot and he's saying a lot. He's not calm, cool, collected. He, he is, he's out there with everything in, in, in vulnerable. So
2: I guess I like that about him. Yeah. There's now, no no facades with Jordan Spieth. Like he's no zero. He's not faking anything. Like he it. He's not back. He's, he's very authentic. He's going to tell you exactly what he's thinking, what he's feeling. And some may call that a weakness, but other people, you know, can call it a strength because he's he's not lying to himself, which is kind of fun to watch. It's like you know you want to see a professional athlete who's won three is he won three majors. Yeah. You know, you, you look at an athlete like that and you're like, wow, this guy, if this guy can do it, you know, he's just an ordinary guy. I mean, he's he's complaining and whining to his ball like I do on Sunday. You know, it's like if this guy wins a major, it's like, hey, you know, I can do it, too. Well, right? he comes off as like an underdog, but the guy has never been an
0: underdog in his life. Right. He's was one of the top juniors, one of the top AMs, one of the top collegiate. He's been the top wherever he's gone. But for some reason, he comes off almost like he's an underdog. Everybody wants to root for him the place would have been going bonkers on Saturday if they had all the fans there and not, you know, 8,000 people. And so I don't know for, for me personally, you guys may disagree. He's second to tiger from an exciting standpoint. I don't get as excited watching anyone else make a 36 footer. when he made those putts on 16, 17 on Saturday, I was jumping off my couch. No (laughs) one was, no one was there to listen. So I was by myself, but it was, it was awesome. It was fun.
3: I I totally agree with that. I think, It also goes to show that if his putter is not on fire, though, um, it's very tough for him to compete. We know he doesn't hit the ball as well as a lot of the other guys. Uh, His short game is fantastic. Around the greens chipping, he's still a great player. But we've noticed that when he's winning and when he's playing well, those 25 footers drop more often than anyone else does. And now that he's did that, it may allow him to uh, pick up some confidence to build off of, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he wasn't able to do it back to back, but now he actually has something to build off of where I don't think he's had that in a while. So I think over the next few events, I think we start to see a little bit better play from him. I think we start to see more putts drop, but time will tell whether or not he's able to take that to the winner circle.
1: See, I agree, but the way he hit it, um, I, I still he can't drive it in a in a parking lot right now I mean he's he's hitting it everywhere off the tee now um, he's like
0: last on the PGA Tour right now or close to well, it in driving well, accuracy
1: and you guys like can speak to this but from a swing mechanics we'll get into that so my philosophy is no wonder he can't hit a fairway because the way he swings it but um his short game is second to none I mean when that guy gets hot, like I've never seen anybody stand over a 40 footer that just you kind of know is gonna just drop it, right? Um oh. so he's he's done that before. It was great to see him. And I look, I, I love Jordan Spieth. He's good for golf, he's just a great human being. You know, the people that like I don't like Jordan Spieth and something's wrong with him. Um but uh <laughs> but I think um I think he's still got a ways to go. I truly do. I think this was a great. Week for him um you know he played well it was good to kind of get him back in the mix but as we saw on sunday like it, it's not where it needs to be he's just got to hit it he's got to drive it better he's got a little crisper his irons are great i think you know 145 yards and in like i'd put him against anybody right because he holds everything off does he not like you guys mm-hmm. can speak. but i feel like guys that hold everything off and this is uh, you can uh, this is why you know, my argument with Rory the, the, on the flip side is Rory, Rory flips so hard at everything. That's why Rory, I think is as a crap wedge player. Um, and it's said, when Roy's like, and it's when Roy's dialed in, like nobody can beat him.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: when Roy's just having a, 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 like a Rory week, you know, he'll have a wedge from 151 yards and I'll hit it to 40 feet because of so much flip at the bottom. And you see those guys, you know, like a, like a Jordan Spieth who in their prime, it's a little hold off. They can kind of control it better. Anyway. So I I digress, but
2: I mean, that's a good point though. I mean, not to jump into too much swing mechanics, but like if you, if you really break down Rory, you know, he, he hits a draw, but he really, if you look at it from a mechanical standpoint, he really doesn't flip it as much um, as you think. And then you have somebody, I would much rather see somebody have a free flowing natural release than like a Jordan Smith, who's who's trying to trying to hold off a shot like there's way more tension in Jordan Spieth's hands through impact because he's got that bent left elbow and he's really fighting against you know trying to hook it too much like I would much rather take the guy who's just saying you know what screw it I'm just gonna I'm gonna swing it I'm gonna hit a draw I'm gonna let it go I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have soft hands
1: How do you control the distance like so you're on sixteen This is good I like this So you're on sixteen of a tournament on Sunday and you're nervous as hell mm-hmm. and you got 148 yards and like, how are you going to, how are you going to control that aggression and the adrenaline? Yeah. I mean, I, that's a good the, point. And I like, I mean, we've seen both ways work really well. Right. So, mm-hmm. but I, I think at the end of the day, like, and I, and I always go back to Trevino in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and unfortunately, the Trevinos of the world will never see again. And that is a travesty to this game, to the future generations, to my kids and your kids. All of us have kids. Yeah. Like the fact that they'll never see somebody like that play golf is, it breaks yeah. my heart. Um, yeah. But um, Anthony incredible. Kim was, Anthony Kim was close. I thought he could yeah. have done it, yeah. but, uh, but he liked to do too many
2: other things. Yeah. Extracurricular <laughs> but, activities. Yeah.
1: extra But you know what I'm saying? Like when the pressure's on, like, to flip it, time it like it's harder. And yeah, no. And
2: I, you know, I think if if you go back and and really, you know, look at their swings and it's hard to do this on a podcast because we can't show any video footage here. But if you, if you go back and look at any YouTube video of, of, of Rory McIlroy and you watch, you look at the, we call a flip is uh, and Mike, you can jump in on this because you know, you give lessons every day, but I don't, I mean, Rory, he does, he does hit a draw and he does swing into out and his path is, you know, right to left, but he really doesn't flip as much as you think. Now, if you look at somebody like Ernie Els, Ernie Els, now this is a guy who has a really weak grip, who has a lot of face rotation. Those are the guys that scare me more than anybody. And Ernie was so big and so strong and could swing so smooth that that's what made him great like if he swung with the speed that Rory McIlroy did which he could probably do if he wanted to he'd hit it all over the map but Rory really he has a pretty good delayed release and it's it's really not as much face rotation as you think um and then you go to the opposite the extreme of like a Dustin Johnson who goes plays from this really shut position but you look at you look at Dustin Johnson there's no real hold off in Dustin Johnson's swing i mean he he lets the club release. He just lets the club release in a way that the face does not rotate from open to close, which I think is, I mean, Brooks Koepka's the same way. That's uh, more controlled, though, right? Colin Morikawa, yeah, the vertical. same way. I mean, these guys can, th- the face stays so square to the path for so long. I mean, they can hit it miles. And they're they're not holding it off. I mean, Dustin Johnson doesn't hold anything off. He hits a cut, but he doesn't hold it off.
1: So, so hold it off's the wrong word. You're right, but like... So it's a square club face for longer.
2: For longer, square couple face for longer. Exactly. That's a strength. I
1: mean, at yeah. the end of the day, right? You know got to be
2: powerful and strong. You know who did that better than anybody in the late '90s, early 2000s? Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> I mean, Grant Wait. Grant, no, <laughs> Grant Wait. He's a hell of a ball striker. He is a hell of a ball striker. But I mean, Tiger he. because he had such little down cock and and any face was so square. I mean, he, it was, that's, I mean, there's so many other reasons. I mean, obviously we could go on and on and on, but back to the topic we're talking about tiger was so good. The face was so square for so long from waist high to waist high that it was just like, man, you could be, you, he could have been a shitty putter and still won, you know, two or three of the majors that of the, the, nine that he won from 99 to 2009 or eight or whenever it was that he, won. I mean, what did he win? Nine majors, eight, nine majors in that time. No, more than that. More than that. Yeah. It was more than that. So 90, yeah. 99, he won 13, I guess.
1: So I think on that note, like, yeah like we'll be back to what we're talking about, but I like, we're going to look back. Cause we all lived it. We're like, as, as my dad has always said, like, sometimes you're too close to it. Yeah, I mean, we are. We like, we, this is what we breathe. Like, we love yeah. this game. Um, but Tiger, what you just talked about, that—that that, those years, like tw- 25, 30 years from now, we're going to look back and be like, that was pretty cool. Like, I remember that. I was, you know, it, it's going to be like what our grandparents talk about. And, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know what they're, what they, what the hell they talk about. <laughs> something, something cool. Well,
2: yeah. Something like- like- Somebody watching Babe Ruth play in the you know 20s and 30s. I mean, it's essentially the same thing. I mean, I just I just saw this stat um, the other day, and you guys probably saw it, but um, someone posted on uh, on Instagram. uh, Rory, Rory currently holds the longest active streak of cuts made on the PGA Tour with 25. (laughs) <laughs> he would have to make every cut from now until the players in 2028 just to tie Tiger's record. Yeah, That'd never that never be. See, you had
1: to like it's, it's so unreal. different because you used to like cuts made cuts meant money back in the day, oh. you know, in the 70s and 80s. Like you had to make cuts. Now these guys, but like that's unheard of. That's
2: insane to make that many cuts in
1: a row. We would call him in a slump. We were like, "Oh, Tiger's in a slump," and he still was making every cut.
2: It's just, yeah, slump was
1: 240. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, Tiger's done. He's washed up. He still didn't miss a cut, didn't, you know. But and think about it, back then, like he wasn't withdrawing, you know, like yeah, yeah. we've seen too late. But, um,
2: and, and the one thing that people argue, they're like, oh, well, the competition wasn't as good. That's bullshit. That's like, bullshit. These guys are all good. Like people say that. And I'm like, this, get out of here. That's ridiculous. Like VJ, the best players in the heart. world. Like, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, I think... Uh, I feel so bad for VJ.
1: Like, VJ, if he, any other generation, like, he'd be, you know, like...
2: Yeah. And Phil, would, yeah. Phil Nicholson would have 12 David Duval. right now.
1: Yeah, Duval.
2: <laughs> yeah
0: they, they, the fields now are way deeper. People always say, oh, well, Jack and Arnie and and yeah. Tom Watson, they had to go against against each other. They had all these wins. I'm like, well, yeah, because you're the only ones that won because six guys won golf tournaments back in the day. Now it's yeah. anyone on any given weekend. And that's can win. true.
1: Like, my old man and and... McLean's dad probably said, "Like, like they knew in that when they were when they're on, like, I, there's there's ten guys I can I got to beat. The rest mm-hmm. of them, like, I can dump these guys. Like, yeah. they can't handle me. Yeah. But now, no, it's not the case. There, there's like some no name that yeah. just got his card that's gonna come out there and wants to rip your head off. Yeah. But that's what's so good about it, man. Like, yeah. we're getting golf's gotten cool. You're getting, you know, more." you know, diversity, but also getting like, you're getting just these young studs that are afraid of nothing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They come out, they come out of college seasoned, ready to win, which, you know, back in the day, um, it was hard to do. You had to like earn your keep, you know, you get out there, you you spend some time, you get confident and which that's still the way that most of the guys get out there, but you have your, you know, your select few with like a Victor Hovland and Mo- Morikawa and, um, who is the third Matt Wolf? Oh, Matt Wolf. I mean, these guys kind of jumped on the scene quickly and and had confidence. I mean, that's that's the trick. I mean, the skill sets there for all these guys. It's it's you know getting on tour and getting these seven or eight starts that they get every year and making the most of them and having the confidence to be like, you know what, it's just golf. I'm good at it. it I don't care where I'm playing. I don't care if it's on the PGA Tour. I don't care if it's Canada. I don't care if it's European Tour. I'm just going to play good golf. Cause that's what I do. And that's what I'm good at. And if you, if they keep that mentality, then they're successful, which these three guys have done, but it just doesn't happen very often to have three guys come out like that and have that confidence and to all be, you know, PGA tour winners in their first year. This is incredible. Um, but, yeah,
3: I mean, they adapted very quickly.
2: Oh man, it's crazy. I mean, I mean how many guys, how many, it, it, we can probably look this up, but the stat of how many guys that have come out of college and and earned their PGA Tour card on these via these exemptions. I mean, Justin Justin Leonard, Tiger Woods, um, uh, Charles Howell. Uh, there, there's just not a whole lot of guys prior to this. I mean, I know that there's somebody else in there between these three guys that did it, and I know. Hovland actually had to go to web finals, but Morcala and Matt Wolf both won and earned their card. But, I mean, there's there's only a handful. I mean, less than 10, I think. Well, isn't like Will Zalatoris
0: doing kind of the same thing right now? I don't know if he has his full PGA Tour card, but that guy has been like putting up top 20s after top 20s after top 20s just getting in week after week after week yeah. to these other events. Who is this, Zalatoris? Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. that dude.
1: <laughs> he, needs a large, he needs to eat a large pizza after every round because I've never seen anybody so skinny. Like it doesn't look right. Like, I don't think they make yeah. pants.
2: You know what? He's probably looking at us and be like, you guys should stop eating pizza because <laughs> you, know? you guys
1: are too no. big. Exactly. Okay. Well, well, we're going to get you on. We're going to have that debate. it will be a great debate. We're
2: going to eat a pizza or not eat a pizza.
1: Yeah. You can have your, um, cauliflower. You know, I'm just kidding. I am just I don't know him at all, but he went to wake for So I like him already. Go deep. So a
0: couple of the things we've been talking about kind of leads me to a few other topics I wanted to hit on, uh, with both the PJ tour and the European tour. So I'm going to list off two players finishes their last three weeks. You tell me which one you'd rather be player. A goes missed cut, missed cut. win. player B goes fourth place, T2 T2 who are you choosing?
3: I'll take the second guy. Can you show me some dollars? I think oh, I the think guy player two, player B, has to have more. more. Yeah, uh, I, two totally, seconds in the fourth place. Only
1: totally player B. I think because that's consistency. And We know that that's what matters in this game, right? But a win's a win. But a win, ooh, Do you know
0: who? I'm, you guys know who I'm talking about? Who's player A? DJ. Um, just recent.
1: Chaz Michaels is player B.
0: Player A is Brooks Kepka. Last three weeks, miss cut, miss win.
1: See, that's, see, you gotta, that's, it's all. I, oh, it's, okay. Quick so, triggered. Cause I thought it we if it
3: was Nero. like, if it
1: was Wills out. Taurus went miscut, miscut went. player,
0: player B fourth, T2, T2,
3: Tony
0: Fino.
3: I imagine
1: that top
3: 10 machine. You
1: you've just rocked my brain right now, Mikey.
0: Right. So it, it, it does bring up an interesting debate when we were talking about, you know, winning and losing and having that, edge all right jay so you just left you missed my little quiz oh right you ready for this all right back. Did you all right so nope you get your bourbon got, got a drink there we go so i'm gonna give you two players you tell me which one you'd rather be player a goes missed cut missed cut win player b goes fourth place t2 t2
2: oh the win do
0: you know who i'm talking about
2: uh, was that, were, were, are we talking recent weeks? Is that Brooks yeah. Koepka? It's Kepka and Finau. He's so smart. So listening. He was so yeah.
1: listening. When he I wins. mean,
2: you got to go with the win. I mean, I love Tony Finau. Tony, you're a baller, by the way. Oh, I love this you. Week's
3: Tony but, Finau but, segment.
1: Can't wait to have you on the show.
2: We're going to
3: talk about Tony
2: Finau but, until he wins.
3: Yeah. Or talk. until he comes on the show, for sure. Yeah.
2: But, I mean, you got to go with the win. The win is, like, that's the ultimate, like... It, it, you know, you, you, I mean, perfect example, like look at somebody like Johnson Wagner, you know, he will go and I could pull up his stats and somebody, you know, one of us can do it. But when is his status, the right? guy, when? he he will miss like 10 cuts in a row and then he'll have a top, you know, top 10 getting to the next week and then he'll win. And then three years later, he's gone through his two year <laughs> exemption on the PJ Tour and he'll win again. I mean, he's done it every I mean, he's been on tour. For fifteen year plus years, um, and he does it. I mean, the win winning takes care of everything. I mean, I hate to say it, but you look at somebody like Charlie Howell. You know, Charles Howell is probably one of the best golfers you know in the last twenty years from a from a physical standpoint and a skill standpoint. The guy's a stud, but he just hasn't won that many times. Um, and if he were to, if, if he could trade in a couple of those top fives or a couple of those, you know. Uh, top tens or cuts made for a couple more wins. I mean, we would we would be holding, you know, Charlie Howell at at the top there and one of the, these kind of top tier guys. But well, so
0: that's my whole thing with this Finau, and uh, it, you know, it's, it's turned into a bit with me. But it is interesting, right? Like these guys are out there to win, and so yes, if if you're just out there to make checks, Tony Finau, Charles Howell have had unbelievable careers, but they're all out there to win, and so even. Whether you want to bring in Tony Finau or even just go back to the Phoenix Open and look at Xander Schauffele,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I love Xander. The guy's a stud. Love his golf swing.
1: He can't win. I love.
0: Him. He doesn't win as much as he should either. Yeah. You know, and so 100%. he's up there a lot. He just doesn't seem to close the door. Now, granted, he's got four wins. It's no, but four, Mike, time, this is great. four that's... times as many as Tony Finau.
3: <laughs> that, that, hey, top ten. Great ten's, argument. Ten's, you know, have.
1: No, Mike, that's a great point. Like, that's a
2: Great point. Because I, that, that. Like,
1: winning, what is it like? What is it to take? Because you talk about like, Xander He's one of the best players in the world. Let's be honest. Top five. I don't. What What is he ranked? I don't is,
2: know. I think he is top five. Okay. All right. That's a, let's see. I knew he's that. certainly top 10 in the world.
1: Yeah. I'm just, kidding. I, think he, I think he's
3: ranked fifth in the world right now. Fifth with, in the world. With, yeah.
1: with not a lot of, like, not a ton of wins. So, like, I, I, I'm just, my point is that, like, a guy.
3: Fourth that, in the world, Sorry. so you got a
1: guy like Xander who plays good every week. You know he he's he's you know he's going to be there, and then like flip on Brooks. Brooks is the opposite, right? So Brooks, you never know if he's going to show up and win by four and run away, or you know miss a cut. Like it, it's you, they're almost like different guys.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, different way to different way to play. I mean, that's a, that's like Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson is you know I, you know he's got forty. So why 40 is that?
1: What, what is it? So is it in there? Is Jay like? I mean, you know from playing. Yeah. Is that a, is that a brain thing? Is it a talent thing? It no, brain? it's a, it's a
2: it's a personality thing. Okay. Some guys they play to win, and when they feel uh, like
1: that's a and, the, and they don't. Bill Haas told me that. Bill told me that years ago. Like he's like if when I on Friday afternoon when I know I can't win. He's like, there's a little, not like letdown, like not a, you know, but he just, you know, for somebody like a, when you're a winner and all of a sudden you like like, it's, it's hard to, you know.
0: That was but an that upset buddy, right there, by the way. You guys know what happened? We just had our
2: first name drop and it wasn't Jay. Oh who really? I didn't Tom know. Tom name drop Bill ding, Haas. Ding. I haven't dropped any names yet. What is wrong yeah, with me? There's
3: still opportunity, Jay.
2: Hang in there. Gosh. All right. Well, I'm gonna put the full court press on. I'm gonna to drop something.
3: One to nothing. One and nothing. One yeah. and nothing. <laughs> You're winning.
2: Um sorry, but go back well, to answer answer I, Tom's to, question, Jay. To your to your point there, it hundred percent is a it's a personality thing. Um, and I you know, for my 15 years playing, I only Monday qualified like I think maybe six or seven times, but I lost in, I think, seven or eight playoffs and missed by one shot probably 40 times. So uh, to your point, but I was the guy who always wanted to have a good play well. Like I wanted to go out and play a good round of golf, even if I wasn't going to make, you know, wasn't going to qualify. So I took more pride in playing like a good round of golf, even if I didn't make it. So say it was- That's not
1: how you always work.
2: You but know, I, know. Know. I mean, but I, I think as I turned pro, that was kind of that I got in that mentality of being Heavy. more of a strategist and like, oh, I'm going to play. This is I'm going to plot my way around. If I shoot 66, I'm going to have a good chance, which is bullshit. I mean, it's not the way to get into money qualifiers. It's a great way to play in a tournament. But some guys aren't built like that. They're like, you know what? I'm going for it. I'm going to do this. Either I shoot 62 or I shoot 72. I don't care; it doesn't matter. And I, I didn't have that. And there's some guys who don't like to shoot over par, so they guard against. You know, of, of, well, I'd, you know, I'd so also like, say
0: though, Jay, that
1: you're playing.
2: You had you tour. had
0: a good mentality for what you were doing, right? You're trying to make cuts, get status, pay mm-hmm. the bills, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If you're Xander Shoffley and Tony now, you're not worrying about paying bills. You're not worrying about your status on the PGA Tour. That's yeah. locked in, right? So. These guys need at some point to flip a switch here or do something,
2: boys. To, but it's to- it's it's hard to change it. Like once you, Xander Shoffley is one of the most consistent players on tour, so it's hard to get away from that. When you even when you're in the when you're in the in the hunt, um, it's hard to get away from that mentality. Um, so perfect example: Xander Shoffley hit in the water on uh, the par five on the back nine. Is it fifteen? He hit in the water left on 15. So no, he hit in the water on 17. He hit it in the water on both 15 and 17, didn't he? No, he, no, you know, was, he,
3: hit oh, he speed hit stuff. it on
2: 15. He hit in the water on 15 and 17, but he hit in the water on 17, you're right. Like Scott, as a as a as a good player, as a good player, now I'm you know, I'm I'm speaking for a lot of guys, so I'm not I don't want to <laughs> take this with a grain of salt. You know where the trouble is. Xander knew that the only miss was left
1: unless you got floating golf
2: balls, unless you got floating golf balls. He knew the only miss was left or that he could not miss it left. So he gets up and he, yeah, there, when you're, when you're playing under the gun like that, you know, you're like, you know what? Hey, I'm not going to hit it in the water. If I've set up to hit, uh, uh, you know, heel cut, you know, and it starts in the middle of the green and I miss it right. Then I'm, miss it right. And I'll try to get them down like Brooks Kepka, but at least I have a chance. But if I hit it off, if I try to hit a draw into this 17th hole and tow it and it goes in the water, I'm dead. So it, those are the things that like, you look at, like, what were you thinking? What were you guarding against? You know, and, and he obviously made, you don't hook it in the water. You know, if you're not, if you're not being tentative, you're not guarding against something, in my opinion. So he he's, he was still playing kind of that safe mode as opposed to like you, like you were talking about Mikey, as opposed to being like, you know what, this is my tournament. I'm going to do what I need to do to win it. I'm going to aim it. I mean, Tiger Woods would never hit that ball in the water. Never. He would never hit it left in the water there. He'd be like, you know what? I don't care if I blow it 50 yards right in the sand. I'm so good with my short game. I can get something up around the green and have a chance to make, make birdie. But if I hit it in the water, I'm done. And that's what's amazing about Tiger Woods. He just knows the situation. He knows how to control his ball. He would never hit it over there. Um, and I hope – I love Xander. I think he's a stud too. I think hopefully he he figures it out. I mean he's kind of in that same realm with with know. Uh, but he'll he'll figure it out. He's a good he's a good player.
3: So going back to wins versus money and career, who, which career would you rather have? And this is a vote for all you guys. Oh, David Duval wins number one major championships or Charles Howell the third, the human ATM.
2: Yeah. I'd take David Duvall, in a major. He was number one player in the world. You know, he got hurt. It was, it was a bummer, but, you know. But a short-lived career. Short-lived career, but I don't think that – I think he, the injuries, the back injuries were part of it, but I would take that. I mean, the dude was – I, I would Tom and I and I'll and you can comment on this when we pl- we went to Michel- the Michelob Classic there in Williamsburg. That's
1: right. He was at dinner with us that night.
2: He was, yeah, he was there, and we watched him warm up on the range uh before the one. Of, I don't know if it was a Thursday, or Friday round, but he had that Callaway you know that S2. Sound? What's that? The sound. Oh, he had this Callaway S2H2, and if you the listeners, if you don't know what this is, go Google it. This three wood is the smallest three wood on the planet. Like the head is it literally? It, it's there's nothing there, and I, I I mean he's he was hitting balls on the range and he would hit one fade, one draw, one fade, one draw, one fade, one draw. He kept doing it over and over, and every one of these balls curved no more than three to five yards, and th- he's hitting a two hundred and fifty yard three wood on the range warming up, and I'm just sitting there as a freshman in college, and I'm like if this is what I need to do to, to be on the PGA tour, then I've got no shot because this guy's incredible. And this is when he was wearing all Navy. Remember that? He like the, the mono, Tommy Hilfiger. monotone Navy. Like it was like Tommy Hilfiger, Navy hat, Navy, sh- Navy collared shirt, Navy pants. And then he wear the, the, uh, he would still rock the black, the black shoes with it. And it was like, he looked, he looked like a, like a stone cold killer. He was he awesome.
1: That was. And, that I mean, was but, a, bigger, but
2: the guy was. I mean, he. You walked on the range and you, you knew, like, he had that persona. You you saw him. You're like, this guy. I need to he watch. Still
1: he still does. When he walks on a range, I mean, I was on a range with him two years ago, and um, he still does. He's got that. And it's David Duvall. Like he, you know, he still wears the same yeah. shades. Yeah. He looks like he's like Iceman from you know. <laughs> he um, is such a. Gun. God, like you know, and he watched every shot. Remember, he yeah. Yeah. Ago, but yeah.
2: That was, uh, you, you know, uh, st- we I when I played in um, uh, at Sedgfield in the, um, uh, the GGO Wyndham. Yeah, it used to be Wyndham. The yeah, it was yeah. we, yeah. yeah.
1: we call that the GGO. Oh, we yeah, old
2: school GGO. For, yeah, that's right. Future so. Brown here. Yeah. I was on the, uh, I was on the range late cause that's my MO like to just, you know, analyze and beat balls. You know, that's why yeah, was, we
1: all, we all know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But know yeah, most people don't, but yes, they will. But <laughs> I was, I was on the range late and beating balls and, you know, you know, trying to, you know, put whipped cream on shit. But, um, but anyway, <laughs> I was hitting balls and, uh, so I'm literally it's like the sun's going down, and here comes David Duvall. Like it's just us two on the range. And and he's he's hitting balls with Puggy, you know, Puggy Blackman was his old coach at uh UNC South and South Carolina. Yeah, then jumped on to he went to coach at um South Carolina, but they're on the range hitting balls. And David Duval, every shot he hit was fat. Like he was <laughs> And every shot, fat as he could hit it. So my caddy was a buddy of mine, Chris Paquette. And he was like, he's looking at me. His eyes are wide open. Shout out to Chris Paquette. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Shout out, CP. And he's looking at me and he's like, Jay, he's like, David Duval is right beside you hitting balls right now. He's like, and he's hitting every one of them fat. He's like, just just turn around and watch. And I'm like, dude, I can't turn around and watch David Duvall hit balls. Like I have to be very discreet with this. And he's like, dude, Jay turn were around you were, watch. were
1: you wearing white pants you probably wasn't were yeah i was absolutely. Wearing, absolutely i was not wearing white pants always for you always that's all you had you had a you look like a painter <laughs> if
0: you do a google image search of jay woodson seventy-eight 78
2: uh, of them he's in white pants oh we're trying to white out the crowd man that's how he looked
1: look. good he looked good
3: anyway sorry, sorry. quick uh he, david
2: duval was super cool as he's hitting fat shots of course chris wanted to like chat with him and david was super cool and talked with us and i mean that guy i mean this is a this was one of the most famous golfers on the on the planet at one time and he was able to chat it up with a monday qualifier and i was like dude this guy's awesome you're i'm forever one of your fans from here on out and he's he's super great analyst on uh, on tv too so
3: well a uh, similar story to that at the 99 pga at medina uh, mm. dad was playing in it and george brian who's another pro in the section had qualified to play in the pga well hold yeah, on george hold Bryan, on Brian, matt yeah, ryan bros let's, let's, that's okay. exactly let's, right
1: tell, tell a little like tell a little background on your dad man come on
3: my father was a played the pga tour full-time in the early 80s um ended up going back being a club pro he did have the nickname on tour dr doom uh, because <laughs> because he didn't think he could putt but he hit so many greens that he had more opportunities all he wanted to do was have less than 30 putts but he averaged like 16 greens around and he couldn't get over the fact in his head that he could still have 31 putts and or 30 putts that's still 68 or 69 yeah dude it you're playing great well but regardless of which he uh he played a long time, was a seven-time player of the year um, in the Carolina section. They were That's very, incredible. very nice and uh, actually named the player the year award after him in the Carolina section um, prior to his passing, which was a very cool experience, something that was very, very cool that he got to experience. Um, went over and played on the European Senior Tour, won Q School there by 13 shots, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I got to go over and caddy for him. The, uh, it was best experience of my life. Traveling Europe, um, as an 18 year old, I actually turned 18 at the Veer Cardin park in England. And dad was so cool. You know, he goes, little buddy, I got a local caddy for the day. You know, you go ahead down to the pub and. Yeah, happy birthday! <laughs> so for my 18th birthday, Let you know, her over there, there's no drink, drinking drinking age. So yeah, uh, I got to go have a have a big day by myself, and needless to say, had my first hangover caddying the next morning. <laughs> uh, which dad got an absolute first kick out of at uh, first of very many, but Dad got an absolute kick out of that. It was great. Uh, he was a great guy, gone too soon. Uh, certainly miss him. The big pro. And, uh, regardless of which, he was uh, a great father, a great golf professional, and uh, a great family man. So, very lucky you've had him. In my life. Cheers, you're here.
2: You know, that's, I mean, and I think all of us, you know, can, can attest to that. You know, we've all had great experiences with our fathers in the golf and the game of golf. I mean, you know, it, it's just, it, it's really cool. It's a really cool experience. Um, not to get too deep here, but you get to spend, you know, if you take your son out to play or daughter, you you take them out to play, you know, 18 holes, you get four, you know, five hours if you're not very good um, to spend with your child. And you get to talk to them about stuff that they normally wouldn't talk about. And you really get to know, you really get to know your, 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 your parent by doing this. And the, the, the parent gets another child, you know, and, and they do it, you know, kind of, uh, you know, on the down low there without being, you know, they can very make it very discreet, but it's a, it's a great way. I mean, my, my my greatest memories are are playing golf with my dad and I'm sure all of you guys agree, you know, uh, it's, it's a pretty incredible thing. And uh, kudos to your pop there. Rest in peace. I mean, I know that he had a big impact on, on you and your career and what you're doing. And um, I never met him, but I heard a lot of great stories about him. And we lived in North Carolina for a couple of years, my wife and I. And, um, you know, he had uh, he had a pretty good impact there in, uh in the Carolinas. That's to say the least. Thank I, you.
3: Yeah, we're very fortunate. I,
1: I, I heard about I learned about your dad from my dad, which I think was cool. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, what's cool about those old school guys is, you know, they, you know, they like. If you were tough and you were good back in the day, like you know y- your your uh, constituents understood that, and which was pretty cool. Yeah, um, we were in the club. But I uh, I also like some of my favorite golf memories of all time are on the course with you know Coach Jimmy Woodson. You know, yeah, Jay, holy cow! Like you want to talk about some intense golf? Go play golf with Jay Woodson and his father. Yeah, y'all want y'all want some like I mean just let you don't need a helmet, but you feel like at the end, you're like, "What? <laughs> this is amazing. Like I, I, I'm exhausted. I'm exhilarated.
2: You know, there's, the, the I, I don't even know what I shot, but like. Definitely gets in, definitely gets intense. Um, oh, uh, well, yeah, had it's yeah. big.
1: What's, uh, is 18 at Amelia? Um, uh, not, is it no, not Amelia? What's it called?
2: Uh, mill quarter, mill quarter, mill quarter. 18 yeah. is a par five. It's a par four. But 17's the is the par five. The long one the that barn. goes the
1: corner. Around the bar. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's the one. Yeah. Jay, hit the, we're playing one day, and, mm-hmm. you know, Jay, you know, it's, just, it's, it's a long hole. It's You know, we always tended to play, you know, when it was like crap weather, right? It's always yeah. like, it was like 35 <laughs> degrees. And Jay hits this boom and drive, three, you know, 320 plus, whatever, and hits a three wood in the middle of the green. And, and I was – so Coach and I were – playing against you and I don't remember who you're playing with. It wasn't Paul, but I don't know. Anyway, so Jay hits his three in the middle of green and coaches over there like, damn it, damn it. He's like, he's just, he's not happy. And I'm like, now I'm like, I got to do something. And now, now I'm so nervous. Pressure's like, on. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let everybody down. I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified. So I, did, down. I did what I do. You know, I hit it to 35 feet and two putts for par. <laughs> it's <was> great. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, no, those 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 are good. Those experiences with your, you know, I mean, your your siblings and your parents and your best your friends. I mean, your your dad. We had some great and great experiences playing golf. And I, uh, you know, I know we're gonna jump on to the next topic, but I I remember playing in Williamsburg uh, Country Club. Which is a beautiful – or James River Country Club, I'm sorry. James River Country Club. Yeah, I mean, just a beautiful place. The 18th hole, par five, really Hello, tight. Jeremy Franks. Jeremy
1: Franks. Yeah. Frank. yeah bro.
2: Tight, nice, tight par five. Yeah, uh, if you guys have never seen this place, it's a, it's an older uh, golf course with a really cool clubhouse right on the James River in um in Williamsburg, just it's, it's is it in Newport News?
1: No, you're right. It's, it, yeah, it's a exactly.
3: Newport News
2: in Virginia and it's right on the James River. But the 18th hole is a pretty tight little par five. And I remember I pulled the old uh, the I'm long good. drive tip and I hit I just smashed a drive. This is when I was in college and I All just right. smashed one. And, uh, and, and, and big Kurt hit a good drive. And he was like, he was like, catch that one, boy, catch that one. And I was like, oh gosh. I was like, man, I was like, I smashed it. I was like, if he hit it past me, then I'm walking in. hundred yards. Like, you hit it by man. If yards. he hit it past me, I'm walking in. So I'm, I'm carrying, we're carrying our bags that day. We I don't know if it was wet and there was no carts, but I you know, I walk up. No, that's how it used to be.
1: Remember? He'd be like, I'm carrying and, my bag. You uh, guys going to get a cart. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, Oh man, let's carry, I'm, I'm, I gotta get a card so I can put all these beers in the bag here. Exactly. <laughs> like carrying in my bag. <laughs> so I get up to the first ball. I think Tom, you may have hit it in the right trees or something, but. Oh, so. thanks.
1: You could have totally, <laughs> totally just said, Hey, I hit it between you guys. Okay. But
2: it's probably but true. Anyway. So I pull, I walk up and I draw my bag down and the, and I put it down and I'm kind of looking at the ball and he walks up behind he's like, he's like, that's what I thought. He's like, old man's got some, got some strength. He's like, I just blew it past you. And he'll wait till he gets up to the ball, of course. And I'm like, Oh, you know, uh, wait a second. I was like, hold on. Is this my ball or your ball? And he gets up. He's like, he gives me that look, you know,
1: Let's not repeat what he said. He
2: grumbles. He gives me the grumble underneath his. He probably mumbled a couple, couple foul, foul words. And was like, (laughs) I was like, oh, I was like, I'll go up to mine. sorry, this is yours here. So I go up to mine. That's like yards up. Let
1: you know what the weather's like up here.
2: (laughs) But I mean, to our point, you know, playing with your dad and playing with, or your, your mom or your dad, whoever it is that you, or your grandfather. I mean, that's like, these are some of the coolest moments that you'll ever have. And, and like I'm playing with your dad, Tom. I mean, and these are memories that I've, you know, that will never go away, you know, and these are awesome. And it rare that this sport, that's, what's great about this sport. You have a chance to spend that time with, with your friends and family that you would not get with any other sport and you can still be competitive. 100%.
1: 100%. Right. You know, they can, there's not many sports where a 65 year old man can still, you know, take you money.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Legally. Legally. My, Legally. my pop is playing good right now. I mean, every time I talk to him, he's shooting in the 60s. And I'm oh, like, I God. haven't even, I haven't played in three months here with torn labrum. I can't even pick up a club. Beating my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so, speaking of uh, beating ass. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. But is DJ on a Tiger esque run right now? So listen to his last 10 starts win, T11, win, T2, T6, T3, second, win, T2, T12. That's, that's as close cool. as we're going to get. We're never going to get Tiger. It's impressive. So, yeah, I mean, that's really impressive.
1: I, like, I've become the biggest DJ fan, and I've always had, like, it's hard. To, how What are you going to say how are you going to pull against that guy, right? But um, I love his comment this past week about. And he said, "I'm the number one player in the world, and I hit some of the worst golf shots. Oh, and okay. I go find it, and I go hit it again." And like I, like I, I don't, I don't know the context of that. I just saw that little snippet on the um, social media. But like, so the context obviously does mean a lot, but it doesn't at the same time. Like, I, you could take that in every. Like, I, I, I want to tell my children that right go. Go hit it. Go find it. Go hit it again. Yeah. you know and that's life. And DJ, like, if there's anybody that truly embodies that mentality, <laughs> look, I, like, I love him. Right. I've spent time. I like. I mean, DJ. I sound like Stephen A. Smith. I love DJ. Okay, he's my <laughs> friend. I can call him right now. No, I'm just kidding. But um, terrible impersonation. <laughs> I'm just saying. I um. I just. I. I love. I love DJ. I, I his his game's like otherworldly, but like he's also he lets you into kind of I, I think he does a little bit, lets you into kind of his soul and kind of what he's thinking. Um to to some degree. But it's just he's good. He simplifies all of it. I think he he's simplifies it so good. He simplifies his game. Like, it's, he doesn't overcome. He's like, look, I just kind of – Now, his putting, his whole putting, you know, uh, routine and everything, that's that's kind of involved. But at the end of the day, like, he steps up. He's like, I hit it further than everybody. I hit it straighter than anybody.
2: And I'm, he's a phenomenal wedge player. Like, I'm gonna phenomenal.
1: Take, I'm going to take this little bitty white ball that's got these little, little holes on the side of it. And I'm going to hit it way down there and I'm going to put it in that little tiny hole and then people are going to write me a big-ass check.
3: I'll wake up in the morning I piss excellent. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's <laughs> – like, and I, like, I, and I, I, like, I, I don't – you know, because he's obviously no. – he's not like – you don't get to who he is by being a ding-dong, right? No. But, I mean, but he's just simple
3: and, like, I love that about him. I love him. Love well, DJ. Go, I'll baby, say, go. I'll say, yeah, going back to what you were asking, Mike, if you hear those statistics, it's very easy to say, yeah, that is somewhat tiger-esque, but he doesn't win the same way Tiger did. He doesn't no. have that flair. Very he doesn't well have that, that it factor. Unfortunately, I love DJ north, uh, <laughs> came from, uh, Myrtle beach in Columbia, South Carolina, gotta, one of us. You know, that very, very Irmo. That's exactly right. Very, very close to home for me. Big fan of that. Gotta love the Carolina boys. Um, uh, and I'm a huge DJ fan. I I think he's probably a lot of fun after hours from, uh, you know, what I've heard with that being said, um, he's got all the attributes. It's just not, it's not tiger. And I think it's tough to compare him to that. And I don't even know if it's fair to DJ to compare him to that. No.
0: And I, I agree with that. When I just saw those, that his last 10 starts when someone put that out yesterday, I was like, Holy shit. That's really fucking good. Like, so, um, and it is there's
3: no one questioning that
0: you know, no one's ever going to do what Tiger's done, and you know, everyone wants to anoint the next guy, and everyone seemed to have flashes at some point. But this, hey this run he's on right now is pretty damn good, Mikey. Did you see when he hit the guy
2: with Oh, he guy? smoked I mean, that guy. The guy, I thought, I guy, him. I thought he was the guy, dead.
1: The guy tried to be so tough, but like that, you know, how bad that hurt, had to hurt. Well, I was
2: a well, good
0: thing he had his back turned actually, oh, but. Oh, oh, oh. If, if the if listeners guys, haven't seen it, you got to go look up DJ. I think it was, I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday over in Saudi Arabia yeah. on the European tour. Just hammers one down the left rough and just smokes this guy. Right in the just back. Just
2: a sniper rifle. Just took the guy down.
1: Look, we yeah. all know those those kind of low draws hurt a lot more than the high cuts.
2: Have you guys ever been hit by a driver swing? Yeah. Is anybody you have? I think it was. Oh,
1: no. Did you?
0: hit? I've me? been it hit twice, almost. never by
2: a driver. I got hit by. (laughs) This is a crazy story. We were talking about this earlier. When I grew up, I I grew up playing in the Piedmont Section Junior Golf uh, League, which is in the central, south central part of Virginia. All nine hole courses, pretty much, and so all the it's is like a parkland style golf course. It's like you know, all the holes are, are are like side by side. So I'm chipping. Cows? Or just, What's that? Jamie at cows, or yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, I'm <laughs> I mean, I thought you're one of
1: these guys. were gonna say something, but
2: yeah, but well, I mean, they, you know, I say Parkland because yeah. it makes it it's it makes it sound really fancy, but it's a nine hole golf course. <laughs> I mean, what? but anyway, I'm chipping on this hole right of the green, and to the next hole is to my right and, and obviously back. And this guy was teeing off and, and hitting to the wrong fairway. And he hit his drive and he hit a late, it was 40 yards away. And apparently he didn't think that, Hey, this guy's standing in my way. I should maybe not swing that way. Wait. So you just hit a
1: laser right at you. a
2: laser and it hit me right in the chest, right between the chest and my arm and, hit me, and I dropped like a sack of rocks, dude. And I, I mean, I was 14 years old and I hit the ground and I'm like, did I just get shot? Did I just, I mean, Guys, I am. anybody I am other
1: than me think that was intentional? I think he was trying to kill you.
2: He could have. He could have. <laughs> I did win the week prior. So he was like, oh, I'm going to take this dude out. Yep. But I got hit, I mean, and I, I had the I had the biggest knot that's formed on the side of my, my ribs. I probably cracked a few ribs, I don't know. But it was huge, it was a huge whelp on the side of my ribs. And I got up and I was like trying to shake it off like I was tough. And I was like, the guy, when, when this young kid that was 14 years old and this kid's playing with me, he's like, hey man, there's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. And he's like, you just, you just got hit with a golf ball with somebody just hit their driver and hit you in the, in the chest. Are you sure you don't want to just maybe go in and just take a little Check breather? That. Just rub some dirt on it. Jay. You're just,
1: you're in your
3: chest.
0: And of
2: you're course you're, I was like the
3: with a Volkswagen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it was 40, 40 yards away, full driver swing, just missile right to my chest. I mean, if he hit me in the face, I'd be dead. i would be it. That'd be it. I'd be gone.
1: <laughs> we would not be doing this.
3: Uh, I'll never forget uh standing around the putting green at the club I grew up at in Wilmington. And we're getting ready to tee off. Uh, shout out to Matt Wells. Tries it a flop shot with a ping ISI lob wedge. Catches it dead equator <laughs> right into the forehead. And I'll never forget it because like it hit me and it didn't register. I'm like, oh. I'm okay. And about a half a second later, it's like, oh, no. And I go down. The teams <laughs> are flowing. I mean, it is a full affair. Oh, uh, that, I'll never forget that exact moment getting drilled with that golf. Ball. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. I've got the better one for you. I was running the fitting studio for a company out in California, and we're in a $750,000 fitting studio. So, you know, it's built out correctly, not a sketchy unit. Now I'm standing at the fitting desk, the designated spot for the fitter to stand, and this guy's hitting drivers. I'm fitting him for a driver, and he misses the two car garage, which is the screen eight feet in front of him. Gets it into the, gets it into a weak part. Somehow he finds wood. This thing comes back at me, and I can't get out of the way, and it catches me dead in the forehead it it looked like a golf ball on top of my head with that being said swear to you (laughs) i i sold him the driver and then they took me to the hospital but i'll never forget it but you got the sale up he's got the sale losing it in the back i look up this guy is raking over and teeing up another golf ball i am seeing stars he then shanks another one and everyone in everyone standing in the studio hits the deck luckily it just didn't recoil uh and come back (laughs) us. but yeah I've been hit with a couple of golf balls in you my got, day.
2: But you got the sale, though.
3: Oh, I did get the sale. I, absolutely. I sold that driver. And then Always be, be closing. Every time. Got to. A,
2: B, C. So
3: McClane. since we're
0: talking about fitting, um, I know all of our listeners want to desperately know we messed around with that AutoFlex oh, shaft yeah. on Friday. Um, McLean, what What were your thoughts? You're, again, you know shafts better than I do. This is what you do for a living. I wasn't crazy about it, but uh, yeah, explain sure. to Jay. Jay and Tom. They weren't there, and they explained to all our listeners.
3: All right, so I think there's absolutely a place for it in the market. I think it's very much, to a certain extent, tempo-related, whether or not you're going to be able to really take advantage of this. I think if your tempo is correct, you really stand to benefit, without question. Uh, I was able to... Feel like when I slow down, and for those of you that don't know, which is 99.9% of everyone listening, I have a very quick change of direction. Um, My club moves from the um, backswing to the downswing fairly quick, and it's very, it's fairly abrupt. So, with that being said, for me, I'm definitely someone you would categorize as a much quicker tempo player, especially when it comes to a transition speed. So, if you're able to take someone with a much slower transition speed, which is what I tried to do with the shaft. I was actually able to swing much slower in my backswing, get to my transition and really try to feel like I was speeding up on the downswing. And I was able to create as much speed as I was with my normal swing. So I could definitely more speed, speed though, Were you're not more, not more speed, speed not more speed in my case, because for me having to slow down so much, I, it was, I think it was amazing that with the amount of effort that I was applying to it, that I was able to generate the speed I did. Let me just say that much. Yeah. Um, yeah. because I definitely, I pick up my driver, which this is obviously an inch and a half longer, but I pick up my driver and I was at that same well, speed. Well, hold on, wait, level. wait, back
1: at you said, which is obvious. You have, have to car. play it at 46 well, that's not inches. That's obvious. Yeah, it
3: was obvious. Well, you guys didn't know this. So it was, you have to play it at 46 inches. You cannot tip it. If you tip the shaft, it does void the warranty.
1: 46 inches. 46
3: yeah, inches. And I'm used to playing 44 and a half. So, you know, there's, there's a little bit of learning curve there. You match.
1: Um, you, you, you're you, you, you're quick, a quickie, transy guy. <laughs>
3: absolutely yeah very quick transit think of uh brant snedeker to a certain degree um <laughs> oh, wow. uh, i get up there and keep it moving to
0: sum up the auto flex for me i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't like it i didn't like the, the it felt like it was a ladies' flex shaft when you were waggling it you know it's an inch and a half longer than mine i couldn't get used to that did it really not, feel it felt soft it's an inch and a half and i yeah i play a 44 and a half inch
3: driver it, oh it an inch and Tom, half that's years? that's kind of the thing about it um, when you so is it longer it, what it, makes it feel whippy, or is it that?
0: No, just the actual flex of the shaft.
3: Okay, so it's soft. But that so sounds, that's it, as you're on the downswing, it, it locks it, up. It stiffens up, correct? But how do it? It's like a thermos. It keeps it cold. <laughs> it keep it hot. Uh, they won't. Yeah, exactly. They won't tell us exactly what it does. But the only logical thing in my mind is that <laughs> that allows us. Uh, it allows the player to actually store more more energy um and then hoping to obviously give them the ability to release it at the same time because if you have something that's moving more and i'm sure there's a scientist and a physics expert that could come in and um you know combat i'm here theory. i'm here but what, yeah what can i help you with yeah, sorry i said expert um <laughs> but with that being said uh, if you have something that's flexing more we gotta uh, we gotta believe that it's um creating more I don't know the best way to say this, but it's giving us the ability to store more energy because there's more movement. Mm-hmm. Now that Does makes that make sense. It,
1: it that totally makes sense. So I think, I think the whole concept is awesome. It's like at the end of the day, like you could see a day when, you know, like a whip your shaft guys could take more advantage of that because they'll learn how to harness the, the, mm-hmm. the release.
3: And that's of kind day. of what it is, Tom. That right? That's kind yeah. of what it is. I mean, I'd that's, love to in my see my mind. A, that's
1: what I, that's what I see it as.
3: I'd love I'm to a see a guy with Ernie L's tempo hit one and, or, you know, anyone with just that really smooth tempo, um, excuse me, Launch uh, it. I bet that's all, um, spend some time with it.
2: McLean. And, and we can touch on this maybe in a later episode, but, um, to this point with shafts, I know that, um, and I did some of the, you know, long drive stuff back in the day. And when I was playing, playing golf, I mean, which we need to get into in a further episode, because yeah. those, I mean, stories, those stories are pretty epic. Um, but, um, you know, I'll shout out to Bobby Peterson again. The second second episode in a row, name drop. This is my first name drop. For I mean, uh, this is, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on, but n- only one name drop. I,
1: yeah.
2: I don't know. I, but anyway. You're not on the so phone this week. Bobby, Bobby, uh, Bobby had me... Um, he backed out of the, uh, this is a Colorado invitational. We were in Denver. It was a long drive competition. And he was like, Hey man, you know, this is 2011. He was like, do you want to do this? We'll go out. I, my back's hurt. You know, you can take my spot. And I was like, sure. I was like, but I don't, you know, I don't, I mean, I get. you know, I can hit it far in competition, but not in a long drive competition. These guys are animals. You know, it's like, it's not the same thing. He's like, He's like, oh, we'll we'll train you know a couple of weeks prior. We'll get we'll get your you know clubs you know specked out. We'll get you a couple of different heads and you know be ready to go. So anyway, so during the process of of going you know figuring out which shaft, which head, which loft, which flex, and yada yada yada, we found out that the heavier the shaft for me allowed me to load the club properly and I delivered the most energy. I grew up playing Absolutely. steel shaft. Still shafted drivers, Borah. Remember three. that thing you played in high school? That yeah, I mean, it was like crazy. it was like a telephone pole. It was like who would ever swing this? But you hit it nine miles. Yeah, but it, it, when we did the when we were doing the numbers, you know, ball speed wise, he was like, "Look, the the heavier the shaft for you, it it it's it's so individual. If I, if I'm not, you can I'm, I stand corrected if you, you know, if you know tell me otherwise, but if you correct me, if if you correct me, correct me." but no, I mean, we, he was putting 95, 105 gram shafts and I was hitting these further than I would when we would go with the lighter shafts because he was, he basically said it just has comes down to the way that you load the shaft and unload the shaft. And then there's also the mass element between, you know, how much mass do you have behind the club head that's delivering this to the ball, so when we, when we used a 95 gram shaft or 105 gram shaft, I was getting the ball speeds were faster than when we used a 75, 65, 55 gram shaft. And that's heavy, um, right? That's uh, a 95 and 105 <laughs> like gram that's, shaft. That's, that's like For a driver. A it's on her, yeah, yeah. That's and like Sergio Garcia type stuff. Like hey, rebar.
3: Yeah. Uh, With that being said, he is absolutely correct, and that's because Jay and I'll say this: you know, you're you're also one of those little bit quicker tempo guys, especially the transition a little bit. It's very smooth. It's obviously a great move at it, but you fall into that a a similar category where I am. I'm I'm a little bit more abrupt, a little bit quicker. But with that being said, you're 100 correct. I view weight for the average golfer it's somewhat as a bell curve, and you're trying to find that optimum level. The Higher the, I'm sorry, the faster the transition speed, the, the more weight the tempo, the player's going to do better with a little bit more weight. Now, when I'm talking a bell curve, I'm not necessarily talking your tour players. You, mm-hmm. know you guys like a Jason Day playing the X7 shaft, that's mm-hmm. obviously as heavy as you're going to go. You know, know, the bell curve doesn't really have the other side of the bell. But when you're looking at a lot of the average players out there, a lot of people think that automatically these 60 and 50 gram iron shafts, I'm going to be able to swing quicker. Well, if you go down the driving range and you look at the average swings out there, we don't see a lot of Bernie L's tempos, do we? Boys? Mm-hmm. No. Um, so with that being said, Mikey, that one's in there for you. Um, Would that be
0: <laughs> like, like do I don't go down the that, drive range. I, I just well, ordered golf balls for McLean that said with that being said on it, because that's like
2: all the guy ever fucking says.
3: <laughs> yeah, I told my wife and she died. I was like, well, I, I didn't realize I said it that often. But yeah.
2: So with that,
3: with that being
2: said, with that being said,
3: <laughs> um, I want a hat for guys that have a little bit quicker tempo, they're always going to do better with a little bit more weight. Now, is that higher weight a 85, 95, 105 gram shaft? Sure. So what I see from a lot of the average players is when I put them in a 65, 70 gram shaft. They swing it as fast as they swing 120-gram shaft. But all of a sudden, I put them into a 95 or 105-gram shaft, and then we start to see where they start to create more speed because it allows them to um, slow down or sync up, which is a better yeah. way of putting it. Yes. The word I was looking for was sync up their transition and their body. I like to think of it as it allows you to uh, create the club, your arms and your body rotating at the same transition speed or at the same yeah. speed. Whereas once you get something that's too light in there, we want to, we have a big tendency to start getting over the top and cast that golf club a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, because we don't have the space. Our body's not rotating fast enough to get it down the line or even underneath the plane. So, it's you know, to get us outside every time.
2: That's, those are, that's awesome. That's awesome stuff coming from the master club fitter that most of you guys don't know. If you ever have a chance to meet he is an, an absolute genius. I He fit me for a set of clubs in five minutes. I, I just want to repeat this. I mean, I've played golf professionally for 15 years, and in five minutes, he fit me. We went through four. Actually, he fit me with the, the, the first. The first iron shaft was the perfect iron shaft, but he put the other ones in there just to make sure. And I think he did that for me just so he could solidify the fact that he was way smarter than everybody on the planet in terms of fitting golf clubs. But uh, um, th- th- that's, that's incredible. That's incredible stuff because I think people get caught up in swing speed and it, it swing speed doesn't matter. It's ball speed that matters. Like if in, in face angle, like if, if you are able to swing your club head faster, but it doesn't equate to faster ball speed and you don't hit the ball consistently close or straighter or closer to your target, then that's not a good shaft. You know, it, 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 it those are the, those are the defining factors, right? McLean. I mean, well, we want it, to, we want to increase ball speed, but we also want to make sure that we're, we're the, the, the shot dispersion is tight.
3: Absolutely. You want to make sure your shot dispersion is tight. Um But at the same time, it, I guess kind of one of the bigger points to look at is the fact that, the conventional way of thinking, and, you know, we're just talking the most basic way of thinking would be that, hey, if I go grab this 60 gram shaft, I'm going to swing it faster and I'm going to swing a 90 gram shaft. And you can't fault anyone for thinking that way. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. However, when you start looking at the dynamics of the situation, yeah. you start taking into account the transition speed and their overall tempo. Well, we have to understand where waiting is going to help benefit that tempo is going to help slow them down in that transition. If you have someone with a quicker transition that you give a really light golf club, it only speeds up that transition and goes back to what we were saying. Uh, It increases the odds of getting outside coming down. It increases the odds of casting that golf club. It increases the odds of losing distance because we're not able to maintain the proper angles down into the impact position.
2: Exactly. Exactly. More more to your point of making sure that you go see your PGA pro if you're in Virginia, the central Virginia area, go see Mike Maroney, go see McLean Boyd and let them fit you for the proper clubs. So you will eat that ass on Sunday. What a sales pitch. I mean, that's the truth. I what mean, I've done pitch. it. I mean, and I'm I'm I suck I suck now, but I will say that my clubs are fit for me.
3: <laughs> With that being said, for all my fitters out there, most fittings last more than five minutes. Jay yeah. just happens to everything inside of a washcloth, um, <laughs> and and we did go back afterwards and verify that was it. That was an initial fit. Let's be clear, iron yeah. fittings do last longer than five minutes, but um, when you have, as we all know, certain players create better data quicker. Jay just happens to be one of those guys.
2: Well, yeah, maybe some days, but that day was a good day. All right, guys, we're going to
0: wrap it up. Uh, Thank you to all of our listeners. Zero chance any of you made it this far through the podcast. But uh, again, everyone, uh, me and your thoughts and prayers this week. And uh, hopefully we'll all be back here on Monday. All right, guys, have a good one.